0: and welcome back to another episode of Is This Actually Healthy? This is your host speaking, Juliana, and I'm very happy to present to you with another exciting interview episode today. We have another exciting topic. It was actually brought fresh to my mind when I went to eat with my colleagues uh, for lunch the other day, and a couple of people at my lunch table adamantly agreed when we started talking about supplements that all supplements are terrible and that anyone who basically eats food in a relatively responsible manner should never have to take any extra supplements that it's just expensive it's a waste your body flushes them all out and i was sitting them sitting there thinking and i don't think that's necessarily true i think that supplementation definitely can have its benefits But there are instances, perhaps, where people do supplement irresponsibly. So how do we know where to begin? With the supplement industry being as huge as it is, with a thousand different things on the shelf, if you actually do need to supplement with something, then what should it be? So this is the topic for today, and I've brought on a special guest to help me get through it. Our guest today is Dr. Doug Lucas, or Dr. Doug. He is a health optimization physician and also a trained orthopedic surgeon. Dr. Doug is the founder of Telehealth Practice Optimal Human Health. And he also hosts a program focused on making lifestyle changes, supplementation, hormone optimization, um, medications, and so much more. So it's my pleasure today to have a real expert and a real doctor on the show to talk about supplements. Hello, Dr. Doug. Say hi to my audience.
1: Hi, Juliana. Hello, everybody out there. So happy to be here.
0: Great. Just because I read out the word health optimization in your intro, how would you describe health optimization since this is something that you specialize in?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. It's actually a it's a very vague word, but it's the best word I can come up with that defines clearly what we do, because there are so many different aspects in the, you know, outside of traditional medical uh, healthcare, care, things like integrative medicine, things like functional medith- medicine. And so to find a way to bring kind of the best of all of those worlds together, I call it health optimization.
0: There's definitely a lot of new terminology floating around. I'm learning some new terms as I as I do this show. I know the whole integrative medicine, functional, nutrition, things like that have come up before. And yeah, it seems like they're, they can be complicated if you don't know how to simplify it or integrate the concepts together and just realize, hey, this is just a part of you trying to live your best life.
1: That's right. That's a nice way to say it.
0: So stemming off of what is health optimization... How can supplementation help us achieve it? Where do supplements play a part in this?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and it, you know, I hear frequently the you know, the thoughts that your your friends had during lunch. You know, people will have this objection to taking supplements because they really feel like they can get it all through their diet. the The reality is is that our food has become less and less um, nutrient dense over the last several decades. The farming practices. Uh, that are abundant, both in you know America and across the world, are stripping our soil of pretty much all the nutrients that were once in them. So maybe it's true that we don't need supplements or sorry, I should say that again. Maybe it's true that we didn't need supplements at some point, but I think that that time has passed. And the reality is, is that we probably do need them now. The question is, which ones? And it's going to vary person by person. So to answer your question, you know, where do they come in? They come in after, in, in my practice, at least, after a thorough evaluation of somebody's genetics, after evaluation of some of the, the nutrients that we can test in blood and functional testing and getting a sense of where people are. Uh, because if you just look at, as you said, the thousands of supplements on the shelf, how do you pick?
0: Yeah, I guarantee that nobody out there has to take everything. And I've seen people in my life who will take a whole handful of supplements at a time. And I know that they're not a magic pill. If you take a supplement, you're not magically covering all your bases and making yourself healthy if you don't have a good diet. But there are people who who will result to this and they probably spend exorbitant amounts of money on all these supplements. Absolutely. the the bottom question is how many pills in your hand that you're looking at. How mm-hmm. many do you actually need? Is that something that should be medically determined?
1: Um, I I think that you should work with somebody who has a really good understanding of the of what the needs are, of what the micronutrients are, and then really what your goals are. Um, because depending on you know what you're trying to to resolve or fix, if you have an issue or depending on what kind of what your goals are from a longevity or or whatever your goals are, you could really pick. I mean, I can pick 20 supplements for every single one of those things, whether it be the gut or the adrenals or whatever. So it really depends on where you are and what your goals are. Um, we always try to minimize though and cut the list down as much as possible because there are just so many options out there.
0: Yeah. The best option for sure is to get what you can from your diet and then supplement to fill in the gaps. You can't just take a bunch of supplements and then rely on that while eating a bad diet. That's it doesn't, right. doesn't exactly work no, you, that way. You
1: can't, you can't out-supplement a, a poor diet um, just like you can't outrun a bad diet.
0: Right. Um, I myself, um, I take a couple supplements. And what do you take? I think these are pretty sensible for someone like me. Um, I um, I eat a vegan diet. So mm-hmm. naturally, I supplement with iron because I know that I'll usually fall short of that I can plan and get food based sources of iron, but on a consistent daily basis, that is a bit difficult to plan. So I like to take an iron supplement just to just to ensure that I'm getting that because irons involved in so many cellular processes. And right. I also take, um, I also take B12. That's pretty much a given vegetarian, vegan diet. It's, Um, I I think you would probably recommend that yourself if someone said they were were on a vegan diet.
1: Yep, absolutely. And
0: yeah, I try to keep it minimum because I know that I do eat a pretty well-rounded balanced diet, but I I do also take a multivitamin every day. And I know that there's even um, contention about a multivitamin. Now, what would you say about about that? Would you recommend that to about everybody? Or is that something that you got to think about as well?
1: Well so I think the issue with a multivitamin is unless it's coming from a really good source most people that I see on a multivitamin it's usually from you know Costco or a big box store and then you really have to question you know where where has this thing been how is it made and how long has it been on the shelf So quality becomes my biggest concern around a multivitamin. Mm -hmm. But knowing quite a bit about the genetics of micronutrients, I know that some micronutrients are inflammatory for some people and they're not for others. So a great example with the multivitamin is that almost every multivitamin has vitamin E in it. And vitamin E for about half of the population causes inflammation when it's given in the form that's in the supplements. So for vitamin E, um, this is something that you don't want to take as a supplement if you are susceptible to the inflammation. And if you don't know, like most people don't, um, then you probably shouldn't take a multivitamin because you're probably getting it.
0: Mm -hmm. Is it in general, I mean, for people who wouldn't have a problem with, say, vitamin E, is, is it a good way to cover your bases if you just need like a small amount of a wide range of nutrients you're probably missing? Is that the best yeah, way?
1: I, I feel like probably you're not getting enough of anything in a multivitamin. I think that's the downfall is when you look at the dosage in it, you know, you're, you're almost fooling yourself to think that the, the tiny doses of vitamin D and vitamin K and vitamin A, that they're actually adequate because they're just tiny doses because they're trying not to overload your system with too many things all at once, but that's actually kind of what they're doing. So I think that I stay away from multivitamins. I don't recommend them for my patients because we're getting very specific information. Without that information, if you're trying to cover your bases, maybe. But again, half of the population is going to have an inflammatory reaction to it.
0: Hmm. Interesting. I, have, I had no idea about that. Do you know what percentage of like average people do take one?
1: You know, I've seen those statistics. Um, I, I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it's it's about half of the adult population takes some kind of a multivitamin.
0: Yeah. Is there any? I mean, I guess besides some potential inflammatory responses, are there any other any other cons to say a multivitamin or some of these supplements that could be pretty harmful?
1: Yeah. I mean, there are certainly cons to supplements in general, but specifically with the multivitamin, I I think that the biggest issue is that you're probably going to be fooling yourself that you're getting what you need out of a, out of a vitamin, if that's all you're taking. Um, as far as supplements in general, you know, depending on where you're getting them from, what the quality is like and what is actually in them, yeah, they can be harmful. And that's one of the things I wanted to mention to your audience is just, you know, to make sure that you're getting them from a, Good source, and that can be challenging to know. But there are some companies, and I have no affiliations with them. But you know, companies like Thorne, T H O R N E, you know, they have third-party testing available that's visible on their website, um, and companies like that. That that's all they do is make supplements, um, and generally, those companies are going to also then not sell them on big platforms like Amazon or or to Costco.
0: It is a little bit concerning how supplements typically aren't aren't regulated by the fda or um, they do have pretty poor accountability for what's actually in them so yeah how how do we build trust and know exactly where we should get them
1: yeah you really have to build i guess you build a rapport with a company based off of who is doing business with them so for example in my practice companies like thorn another company that is publicly available but but in a challenging way uh metabolic code Uh, and these companies basically are third-party testing they're marketing to to providers and they're showing hey we are you know checking to make sure that what we say is in here and you can be confident in this and recommending it so it's almost like pharmaceutical grade uh, I'm using a little air quotes. I know people can't <laughs> see me, but pharmaceutical grade supplements. That really doesn't mean anything other than for me as a provider, I'm confident that they're at least my patients aren't getting a bunch of toxic filler in them, and they should be getting what we're actually trying to treat them with. I'm also testing my patients, and so you know, if I'm giving a patient, let's use vitamin D for example, which is a great one to talk about. If I'm giving my patients vitamin D, uh, and I'm giving them an adequate amount, and it's coming from an unknown source and their vitamin D doesn't go up when I retest their blood, I'm definitely gonna question that source. Whereas if I'm using a company and I know that it's likely going to be what I'm saying it is, um, and it doesn't go up, then I'm more interested in okay, you know, genetically is this person not converting this well, or do they need to add more vitamin K or whatever? But, but I think that you know I'm retesting, so I can tell for some things whether or not it's being used appropriately. But not all things are tested. If
0: you're really deficient in something, then it probably would benefit to consult a health professional and get testing done. Correct
1: yeah i mean i'm a big fan of that approach Um, it's not globally available is the challenge and so you know there are more and more companies you know like mine that are becoming easier to find and use with a lower price point but right now really the health optimization space is is kind of challenging if you can find a provider um, that can help you to understand particularly the genetics and then also the blood testing around it then absolutely You know, I can take somebody who's on a hundred supplements, run them through our program and whittle it down to 10 and feel good about it. Um, But without that information, it's really hard to know.
0: What are, let's, let's switch gears here. What are some of the best benefits of being on the right supplements?
1: Yeah. I mean, I look at health optimization as a way to really improve people's energy, their vitality, their stamina, um, their drive and desire for life. I mean, those are the sort of that that gut feeling you get when things are just working well i think that's what we're aiming for with supplementation right like we're just we're trying to make the system run better um so that's really what it should feel like obviously it depends on what you're going for you know so for things like gut health you're obviously trying to improve the way that your gut feels and functions Um, If you're trying to improve the thyroid or trying to improve, you know, adrenal function, it's all going to feel a little bit different. Uh, But ultimately, overall, we just want the whole system to work better.
0: What would you say the most popular supplements are that people are deficient in, ones that you recommend? What's most popular ones out there that people need?
1: Yeah. I mean, so the things that are popular are not necessarily the things that people are deficient in, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, But so the things that I see people deficient in, um, it's a lot of it's going to depend on what their diet's like. Uh, But overall, regardless of the diet, I see deficiencies in things like magnesium, which when tested appropriately, I mean, almost universally people are deficient. Um, Vitamin D, almost universally people are deficient, even if they're supplementing. Um, and that there's a lot, we could talk about that for a while. Um, omega threes. So we, we look at the actual, uh, fatty acid profile and we look at how much omega three fatty acids you have in your body. So omega threes are fish oil basically for, for your listeners. Um, and it's really hard to get a healthy amount of omega-3 in your diet doesn't matter if you eat animals or not it's just hard to get that much fish in your diet and even if you do then you have to be concerned about okay now am i toxic because of the toxic fish so again that's another one that's pretty globally deficient Um, those are the things that i test for that i see often if i didn't mention b vitamins b vitamins too
0: okay yeah that's probably the short list i would have come up in my head i um I was wondering about iron. Our tip, is iron a common yeah. one even among everyday diets?
1: Yeah, I mean, so by, yeah, my, my patients, I, I we, we treat basically, you know, every different type of, of uh, we'll call it nutritional belief. Um, and so, you know, from vegans to carnivores, I would say in general, um, iron is not particularly low unless you're following a strict vegan or vegetarian diet, um, unless you have other, you know, other sources of bleeding that are either identified or not.
0: I actually used to donate blood plasma. Um, I used to do that pretty frequently, and in order to do that, they would um, they would test your iron levels to ensure it was high enough. And right. me being very good with my diet, I could usually donate twice a week and manage to keep my iron levels pretty high. But there there definitely were times when I I felt I was slacking, where I knew that I probably wasn't getting enough iron, and then it would drop down and get too low to donate. So that was one little measure that I was using right. to measure my iron. I've, I actually forgot to mention earlier. I actually do take a magnesium supplement cause I've heard a couple other people mm-hmm. on different podcasts who say that this is a supplement that just is really great. And sometimes it's underrated. You should definitely, definitely take it. So I do take that one as well, but yeah. I don't really, I assume yeah. I'm probably deficient in it. Like, like you said, if it's pretty universal, but I've never had it tested.
1: Yeah. It's, it's pretty universal and it's pretty hard to overdose. Um, so in, if you're taking it by mouth, it's really hard to take too much. Um, and just, as a caveat, if anybody has kidney disease out there, that's the the one example where you actually could take too much.
0: There is some fear with taking supplements, the fear of what happens if you take too much, what exactly does your Mm -hmm. body do when it gets an excess amount of, of a micronutrient?
1: Yeah, it depends on the micronutrients. So in general, if we're talking about, you know, vitamins versus minerals versus, I guess, you know, fatty acids and amino acids, those are all the things that you could potentially take. Um, and so with vitamins, you're going to divide it up into water soluble versus fat soluble, usually water soluble. You almost can't take too much. You are basically, your body's just going to put it into the bloodstream. The kidneys are going to filter it out and you're going to pee it out. Um, fat soluble can build up in your uh, in your adipose tissue though so fat soluble being the uh, a d e and k um, d being the most frequently supplemented one it's still pretty hard to actually take too much of that though and i see people that take a lot of vitamin d um and very rarely do i see it being too high but it is possible Um so uh, definitely knowing which which category your vitamin fits into is important there with minerals you can definitely overdose on a mineral you know so if you um, depending on what you're taking for what reason, right? Like you can take too much copper. Um, you can take too much zinc. Uh, you can imbalance your copper and zinc ratio. Um, you know, magnesium we mentioned is hard to take too much of, but it's, you have to be careful when you start talking about minerals because your body doesn't necessarily tolerate them well. And even iron, right? If you take too much iron, um, you're going to have issues. You're going to create an inflammatory state. Um, so you do have to be careful with all those things. Um, when it comes to fatty acids and amino acids, you're talking about fat and protein, you know, those are things your body's going to pretty much know what to do with pretty well because it's like eating, you know, it's like eating food.
0: Yeah, I want to go into a specific example here. I was just thinking about when when cold and flu season rolls around, when everyone starts pounding down the zinc and the vitamin yeah. D. I'm kind of curious when people are, desperately trying to supplement themselves as a defense for a passing disease is this right. an appropriate measure to take is there any evidence <laughs> this does any good uh
1: you know it's so funny um so i actually literally just tested myself for covid and tested positive so it's a very poignant uh time to ask that question oh wow are you in so, quarantine right now uh, well i i guess i i mean literally just tested so um i'm in my basement um I work from home, so the quarantine's easy. Wow, <laughs> but <laughs> but the, the reality is this: because I've been talking with patients about COVID, this is you know this practice really sort of sprung up during the pandemic, and so it's always been on on people's minds. Um, the reality is, is if you look at the studies on you know on COVID in particular, but other viruses follow suit as well. If you look at the studies on supplementing at the time, even vitamin D, which we know should have a significant impact, if you're starting as you get diagnosed, it's not going to have as much of an impact. So the reality is, is you should be optimized before that and you should be, you know, you should be ready for it so that when you get sick, because inevitably we will all get exposed to COVID, we'll all get exposed to the flu and to regular cold viruses. Um, When that happens, you're ready and you're as prepared as you can be. Um, so should you bump up your vitamin D or zinc or you know, whatever else you uh you think is gonna help, probably not gonna hurt. Um, there are some things like I think like zinc and vitamin C in particular, which your immune system needs more of uh during an infection. But I think the best, I guess, offense is a good defense to use that cliche. Um, so you just prepare it ahead of time.
0: Okay, yeah. I just I really wanted to hear a professional's opinion about that. It is very Common to think you can save yourself with sudden supplementation, but yeah, if you do it beforehand, when before you're actually sick, that's that's probably the best way to go. Right. Supplements will often say that they're useful for certain things, certain cellular mm-hmm. processes, but one thing that I definitely take with a small grain of salt is when you read the bottle of something and it says may help with this, it may do this, right? Um, but it doesn't. You know, they can't really say that it, it will actually do this. There's, a, there's right. a guarantee that it will help your health in this way. Is this just something that happens across all supplements? Are any supplements allowed to give definite statements about what it can help with?
1: Yeah, so that's, that's an FDA thing. And so as you mentioned earlier, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, uh, they do not monitor supplement quality. And so you cannot, as a supplement manufacturer, make a claim that hasn't been approved by the FDA. So all supplements, usually I shouldn't say that most supplements are going to not have a claim to say, this will help with this because then the FDA would come down on them. However, there are some nutraceuticals that do have FDA clearance. These are things that have typically been looked at as a drug. So a drug company actually produced them and did studies and the FDA approved them for one thing or another. So they are out there. Uh, They're not common. And as a, as a nutraceutical manufacturer, you know, it costs millions, if not billions of dollars to get that FDA tag It's just not worth it. Um, so I think, you know, I wouldn't necessarily look for things that have that, that have that, you know, FDA approved for this or that, because it's probably not even going to say that. Um, just really have a good sense of why you're taking something. There really shouldn't be any supplement that you're taking without a clear reason of, I know I have this, I know I need this. Like with what, like with you and you, you know, what, you know, you're likely missing in your diet, you know, you know, you likely need B12, uh, you know, you likely need iron based because you're testing it. Right. So that's, that's the way that you should look at supplementation.
0: Great. Just to kind of bring this topic to a close, summarizing everything that we've just said if you could give a 30-minute blurb about what people should walk away from here knowing about supplements what would it be
1: yeah I, I think the the big picture takeaway is that the supplements are part of health optimization um i look at kind of the the foundation if you were to you know create a pyramid of, of health optimization things the bottom part of that pyramid is going to be lifestyle. It's going to be your actual diet. It's going to be your actual, you know, exercise. The things that you are doing on a daily basis that you're disciplined about. But the next level up is going to be supplementation because there's so many things that we can't get through our diet uh, that we're going to have a, a hard time doing based on our genetics. We know we're deficient in based on our blood testing. So that's really where that fits in. That fits in before. You then layer on things like hormone optimization, peptides, you know, medications. Uh, you really should do the bottom part of that pyramid first, and then I think another important point is just to say that um, you need to look for good quality supplements. Look for companies where that's all they do, that they incorporate third party testing. Um, you know, if they are being used by physicians and practitioners, um, then you could probably trust them. Um, but, uh, but always question it. If you find it on Amazon, if you find it on, uh, you know, big box stores, like in Costco, I would always question that as a source, just because of how long they've been on the shelf
0: for everyone out there who isn't on any supplements and you've, you need to think about what you might want to start. I hope this has given you some ideas. If you're the person with a whole handful of supplements, maybe this is a time to reassess exactly what you're putting in your body, but either way, I really hope that this has helped, helped you out. And I have to, again, thank Dr. Doug Lucas for being on the show today. Now, I understand that you have um, a couple social media places. If my listeners want to go find you, where should they look?
1: Yeah, if you want to follow uh, me and learn more about all the things that I'm interested in, that's on my personal, um, generally Instagram is the best way to find me, but we also reproduce that on Facebook. Um, And that's at Dr. Doug Lucas. And then our company is Optimal Human Health with an underscore in between each one of those.
0: Awesome. Thanks for that. Yeah, it's been so great having you here.
1: Great. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it.
0: And that concludes today's interview. As always, I'm going to keep this closer short and simply remind you that wherever you're listening to this show, you should leave it a rating and also share it with your friends. I know you have people in your life who could benefit from this information and who would like to learn more about how they can improve their fitness and nutrition lifestyles in a practical, engaging way. So keep tuning into the show. And if you haven't started from the beginning, then you can always go back and listen from episode one. I got a lot of great content that can help you reach your fitness and nutritional goals. One last reminder, you can find me on Instagram uh, at healthy. There's no punctuation in that, just is this actually healthy? I would love to connect with you on there if you'd like. Once again, I am wishing you the best, and I hope to see you again in a future episode. Ciao, ciao.